Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Hello, everyone. We are so glad that you're joining us today, and we want to welcome you. Uh, if you're joining us online, thank you so much for being here. And uh, we are just going to have a great, great day today. Uh, we've been in a series entitled The Long Game. We've been in this series for several weeks. We've been focusing on the different characters that we find in the Bible, people who have had great faith. Uh, we've been concentrating mainly on the Old Testament. But we're finding these characters uh, tucked in a chapter of the Bible in Hebrews chapter 11 and really, it's been titled kind of the Great Hall of Faith because it really lists these great people of the Old Testament that had great faith. And, and last week, I spoke about a man named Barak uh, and his great faith. And this week, I want to go uh, just a little bit uh, further back. And I want to focus on Isaac's son or uh, Joseph's father. And his name is Jacob. Just to give you a little bit of the lineage of Jacob's, uh, the history and the lineage of Jacob, let me share just a couple thoughts with you today, and I want us to discover uh, this thought of great faith. Abraham had his son Isaac, and then Isaac and his wife Rebekah had twins, and that was Esau and Jacob. Jacob is who, was going to, who we're going to talk about today. Esau was the older son by just seconds. In fact, Scripture says that Jacob had a hold of Esau's heel when they came out together. And so he was just a, just a few seconds older than Jacob. As you read through Scripture, you find Esau foolishly sold his birthright to Jacob and therefore took out the rights or took away the rights of the firstborn son. And then Jacob, from the help of his mother Rebekah, tricks Isaac. Uh, their father into blessing Jacob instead of Esau and thereby taking the blessing that was intended for him uh, as the firstborn son. Jacob had 12 sons. Two of his sons were birthed by his wife Rachel, Joseph and Benjamin. We just talked about Joseph just a couple weeks ago. Remember Joseph was the one that was sold into slavery and he was raised up by God's power to be the second in command of all of Egypt. And if you remember Joseph invited uh, Jacob and his brothers, who were, who were just going through this uh, terrible famine, he invited them to Egypt so that he could take care of them and so that they could survive this famine. And so this brings us up to the story of Jacob, the part that I want to talk about today. Let me read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21, the declaration of Jacob's faith. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. Jacob is honored in the hall of faith. He is considered to be a person of great faith. And today we're going to turn to Genesis chapter 48. So if you don't have your Bible with you or if you don't have your uh, iPad or iPhone or whatever device you use, I just encourage you to go and grab that right now and turn to Genesis chapter 48 because we're going to uh, read almost the entirety of that chapter and learn more about Jacob's life at the end of his life. Uh, this is the part that really Hebrews chapter 11 focuses on, is this part in Genesis chapter 48. Let me uh, begin in verse 1 today, and I'm going to read a little bit. I'm going to skip around just a little bit just for the sake of time uh, today. One day, not long after this, word came to Joseph. 
your father is failing rapidly. So Joseph went to visit his father, and he took with him his sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. When Joseph arrived, Jacob was told, your son Joseph has come to see you. So Jacob gathered his strength and sat up in his bed. Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me. He said to me, I will make you fruitful and I will multiply your descendants. I will make you a multitude of nations and I will give you this land of Canaan to your descendants after you have an, so that you have an everlasting possession. Now I am claiming as my own sons these two boys of yours, Ephraim and Manasseh, who were born here in the land of Egypt before I arrived. They will be my sons, just as Reuben and Simeon are. But any children born to you in the future will be your own, and they will inherit land within the territories of their brothers, Ephraim and Manasseh. Skipping down to verse 8. Then Jacob looked over at the boys. Are these your sons? He asked. Yes, Joseph told him. These are the sons God has given me here in Egypt. And Jacob said, bring them closer to me so I can bless them. Skipping down to verse 12. Joseph moved the boys who were at his grandfather's knees, and he bowed with his face to the ground. Then he positioned the boys in front of Jacob. With his right hand, he directed Ephraim towards Jacob's left hand. And with his left hand, he put Manasseh at Jacob's right hand. But Jacob crossed his arms as he reached out to lay his hands on the boy's head. He put his right hand on the head of Ephraim, though he was the younger boy, and his left hand on the head of Manasseh, though he was the firstborn. Jacob now declares his blessing over them, and we're going to skip down to verse 17. But Joseph was upset when he saw that his father placed his right hand on Ephraim's head. So Joseph lifted it to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. No, my father, he said, this one is the firstborn. You put your right hand on his head. But his father refused. I know, my son. I know, he replied. Manasseh will also become a great people. But his younger brother will become even greater. And his descendants will become a multitude of nations. So Jacob blessed the boys that day with his blessing. The people of Israel will use your names when they give a blessing. They will say, may God make you as prosperous as Ephraim and Manasseh. In this way... Jacob put Ephraim ahead of Manasseh. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you today for your word. I thank you for the ability to be able to read your word. And I pray now we invite your Holy Spirit into this place, into the homes, Lord God, uh, that are watching right now online. I invite your presence into each home, Lord God. And I ask, Lord God, that you would bring your word alive to us so that it will be life-changing, that it will not just be words on a paper, but God, it'll be the rhema, the, the, the words that change us, the, Lord, the words that direct us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. From this passage of Scripture, I want to share three insights into Jacob's faith. And I also want to discover and appreciate the faithfulness of God. The long game is living a life of faithfulness. The rewards of our faith is receiving the rewards, the rewards of our faith is receiving God's faithfulness in our life. It's the wonderful grace of God. Let's remember that from the very beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, we discover that there's always been a promise of a redeemer. 
God's plan has always been about blessing mankind. The Old Testament is a journey to the Savior. And, his, and that Savior's name is, everybody, Jesus. That's his name. Jacob's life is just a part of that journey, his faith to the Savior. The first thought of faith that I want to highlight in Jacob's life is faith in God's blessing. We see this in verse 3. Jacob is sharing with Joseph on how God blessed him at Luz, which is also uh, the, referred to as Bethel, located in the land of Canaan. You might not be familiar with this story, but one night Jacob had this dream of a staircase going from earth all the way up into heaven, and it's almost like an escalator going back and forth, and Jacob saw angels going back and forth from earth unto heaven. It was a staircase. At the top of the staircase, the Lord stood there, and he pronounced a blessing over Jacob. The same promise that God, gave, that God gave Jacob, God gave to his grandfather Abraham. That Jacob's descendants would be as numerous as the dust of the earth. And that all the families of the earth would be blessed through Jacob and his descendants. Jacob is sharing this blessing to Joseph. And this is an important part of this story because it emphasizes the importance of what's coming next. So we need to understand this. You see, Jacob never lost faith in the blessing that he received from God so many years before, when he had that dream of a staircase and, and, and angels going back and forth, and it was, it was a sign of the descendants that were going to come from his heritage. He never lost the faith in having faith in that promise. It appears that Joseph either never had heard the story, or, or Jacob is reminding Joseph of the story. And let's remember that Jacob and Joseph had been separated for many years because Joseph was sold uh, into slavery in Egypt. But this is a great reminder of why it's so important for us to share our faith in God's promises. It's important for you to share your faith in God's promises to your kids and to your grandkids. To share the testimony of what God has done and what God is going to do. It's the sharing of our faith that produces greater faith. It's the hearing of God's promises that brings encouragement into our life. It's the hearing of God's word that all of a sudden elevates our faith. When I was a child, I remember uh, my grandmother, uh, Grace Westerfield, and I remember going to her house and she would gather all of her children around and she would talk about stories of great faith. She would talk about how God had redeemed them, how God had, had, had a, a direction for their life. And even though it looked like at times it was going to be bleak, God redeemed them, God restored out of crazy situations. And then I remember as a child growing up with my two siblings and my father talking to me about great faith, how God had, had restored them, how God had taken things that, were, that looked like it was impossible to overcome and somehow miraculously God had done it. And then he shared the promises that was in his heart for the future for our family. These promises are what we, that we need to have in our heart because it stirs up great faith. We've kind of lost that in America today. We don't have the promises hidden in our heart. We don't share those promises in the Old Testament, they would share the promises of God one after the other, and it stirred up great faith. Jacob is doing this for Joseph right now. He is sharing the promise that he received so many years ago, and he is telling Joseph, I have never lost the faith in that promise that God had given me. And we should be the same way. We should never lose the faith what God has shared in our hearts. Never underestimate the power of sharing your faith about God's blessings. 
The second thought of faith regarding Jacob's life is his faith in the future. And we see this in verse 5. Jacob does a remarkable thing. He does a remarkable thing with Joseph's boys as his own sons. We know that Manasseh and Ephraim are Jacob's grandsons, but he elevates both of his grandsons up to being into the status of being his very own sons. This is huge. It not only brings him directly into Jacob's inheritance, but it brings him directly into God's blessing as one of the 12 tribes, or I should say, as two of the 12, 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob is giving Joseph's two boys all the rights and privileges of his own sons. And in doing so, he's giving Joseph a double portion of his blessing. The double portion is usually reserved for the eldest son. But Reuben had committed a great sin against his father Jacob, so Jacob removed that double portion of blessing from Reuben, and he's given it to Joseph. Rachel is now dead. Rachel, if you don't know, Rachel died in giving birth to Benjamin. And I just kind of believe that this appears to me another way by which Jacob can honor his wife, Rachel. Now, many think that the 12 sons of Jacob are, the, are an exact match to the 12 tribes of Israel. But there's a small difference. When you look at the 12 tribes of Israel, you'll discover that there's two of Jacob's sons' names that are not mentioned in the 12 tribes of Israel, Levi and Joseph. Levi's descendants became the priests of Israel. They oversaw the temple. They oversaw the sacrifices. And because of that, they could not own property. Uh, they, they, all their income, all their ability actually came through the temple, through the tithes, through the offerings of the land. And so they survived on that. And, of course, Joseph, uh, his blessing came through his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. Why would Jacob now, this is the question I have for us today. Why would Jacob take this action? Why would Jacob take this step to take the blessing from, first of all, from his eldest son Reuben, and he'd give it to Joseph, but then to elevate Ephraim and Manasseh up to the status of his very own sons, not grandsons, but sons. As I was thinking about it, I was thinking maybe this was a step for the future. Joseph's kids only knew Egypt. They were born and grew up in Egypt. Their mother was Egyptian. They have no real connection to the promises of God. They don't have any real connection to the promise that was given to their great-great-grandfather Abraham. They don't have really any connection to the promise that was given to their grandfather Jacob. Maybe Jacob is doing this in such a way where it's connecting those grandchildren to the promises of God. It's a way for Jacob to lead his grandchildren into God's promise and not have them follow the splendor of Egypt that they had known so very well. It's a great reminder to all of us. When we choose to follow Jesus, we are adopted into God's family. We are now heirs to the promise of the future. And this is what Jacob is doing. This is what Jacob is doing for his grandsons Ephraim and Manasseh. He, don't want, he doesn't want them to follow the ways of Egypt. He wants them to understand, right now you have a blessing. I am elevating you above what you might have thought because I want you to connect to the promises of God. When you have faith in Jesus, you are connected to the promises of God. You have the promise of heaven. You have the promise of eternity. You have the promise of glory. 
because of your faith in Jesus Christ. We are choosing to leave Egypt behind so that we can enter into all of God's promises and all that God has in store for us. The last thought I want to highlight regarding Jacob is this. His faith in God's sovereignty. We see this in verse 14. Hebrews 11 highlights Jacob's faith at the end of his life. This is only the end of his life that we're seeing in Hebrews 11 and in Genesis chapter 48. Jacob was dying and Joseph hears about his father's failing health. And he goes to see his father and he brings his two sons, Ephraim or Manasseh and Ephraim, uh, to his bedside. At Joseph, as Joseph and his two sons enter into Jacob's bedroom, Jacob gathers the strength and he sits up in bed. Jacob's eyes were failing, and he had to actually ask Joseph, are these, are these your two sons? And, and Joseph replies, yes. It's during this moment that Jacob announces that amazing declaration that we just talked about where he's choosing to adopt Joseph's sons as his own sons. The entitled, this entitled the grandsons to a blessing and to an inheritance a full generation early. Normally, this should have been given directly to Joseph, and Joseph's sons would have had to wait till Joseph's passing, right before Joseph's passing, when Joseph would have blessed him, but it skipped that generation. But in God's sovereignty, Jacob chooses to include his grandsons as his own sons. In the Old Testament, the blessing of the father was significant. When the father spoke over the sons, It was a blessing that gave them favor for the future. It carried great weight in their life. Now Manasseh was the older son and Ephraim was the younger son. Tradition was always that the older son would receive the double portion. He would always receive the double portion of the blessing. As Jacob prepares to pronounce the blessing over his two grandsons, Manasseh and Ephraim, all of a sudden Joseph starts to put the two sons in position. He takes and he, he puts the two sons in front of uh, Jacob. And I'm, Jacob was in his bedroom. I'm, I'm kind of assuming he stood up and he's leaning on his cane now and he's about ready to, to bless his two grandsons. And, and Joseph wants to make sure that everything's going to go okay because you know he knows that his father Jacob, his eyesights are failing. So he makes sure that, that Manasseh is at the right hand of Jacob's hand. And he makes sure that Ephraim is at the left hand. He doesn't want to make any. This is a big deal, guys. I mean, this is the blessing from the ground. This is a huge deal. And he wants to make sure it's just right. And, and he bows and he puts his boys right in front of his father, Jacob. And Jacob gets ready to bless his grandsons. And when he starts to bless, all of a sudden something takes place. All of a sudden, Jacob crosses his hands. And his right hand touches Ephraim. And his left hand touches Manasseh. Now, you've got to understand what just took place. The right hand was reserved for the blessing of the older son. And all of a sudden, that fell on the younger. And the left hand was reserved for the blessing of the younger. And it fell on the older. Jacob mixed it up. But he knew what he had done. You see, Jacob had a faith to know and trust God. And God was directing Jacob to cross his hands. Jacob followed God's direction by blessing Ephraim with his right hand and Manasseh with his left. Pastor Tom, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing it with me today. But what in the world does that have to do with me? Sometimes it's difficult to put our faith in the sovereignty 
or in the authority of God. The long game of life can be difficult and things can happen in our life and we don't understand why did this happen? Why did this take place in my life? What's all this going You just don't understand. You don't understand why God chooses to do what he does. The sovereignty of God. The authority of God. God, why? 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 Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why am I going through this difficulty? Why did Joey get the promotion and not me? I am so much more qualified than Joey. Why did Joey get the promotion? I don't deserve to be treated like this, God. You ever said those comments? I don't deserve this. And in those moments, I would remind you that God doesn't always give us what we deserve. And with that statement, you should be in your home right now, jumping up and down and saying, I thank God that he doesn't give me what I deserve. It's a great statement. You see, sometimes we get so hung up on what we think we are entitled to that all of a sudden we completely miss the blessings of God that are right in front of us. 2,000 years ago, there was a man who hung on the cross. Many of you know his name. I hope you do. His name is Jesus. This was a sinless man who didn't deserve death. In fact, one of the thieves that was hanging on the cross next to him made this, made this statement. He declared, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. Yet in God's sovereignty, in God's wonderful grace, the cross is a sign where all of a sudden God switched his hands. He put his right hand on you and me. And he restored us from the penalty of sin, which was death. And he put his left hand on Jesus. And he made his very own son pay the price that we should have paid. He switched his hands. The cross represents the crossing of God's arms. We didn't deserve forgiveness. We didn't deserve eternal life. Instead, we deserve death, the punishment for our sins. Yet God chose to cross his arms and put our punishment upon his son. And through faith in Jesus Christ, guess what happens in our life? We all of a sudden take on the righteousness of God. We just sang about it. We take on the righteousness of God. And it all happened because God crossed his arms. Something we don't deserve. But because of God's sovereignty, we receive. It's the greatest story of grace. It's extraordinary. It's life-changing. At the time, when Jesus was dying on the cross, it seemed scandalous. The killing of an innocent man. But God allowed it to happen in his sovereignty. Jesus, catch this thought. I want you to catch this. Jesus chose to put his faith in the sovereignty and in the authority of God. And in doing so, his sacrifice became the gateway for salvation for all people. Jesus became our grace. So the next time you're struggling with authority, God's authority, with God's sovereignty, when all of a sudden you're struggling, why God, I don't deserve this. I want you to remember you don't deserve it. And I want you to all of a sudden to remember the grace of God. Because see, we're on this long journey of faith. 
We're in the long game, guys. We can't let little mishaps in our life take us and throw us off of our, off of our game. We got to stay focused for the long game. And we need to remember that, you know what, we're going to put our faith and our trust in God. We're going to put our faith and trust in Jesus, who secures us, who gives us his wonderful grace. He has blessed you with privileges you don't deserve. God sees and understands what we cannot. Therefore, let's put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your calling in our life, the blessings that you've already given us, which are so great. And I pray today, Lord Jesus, that maybe there's someone that's sitting out there right now, and they've never understood that how God allowed Jesus, his very own son, to take and pay the price for our sins. How God literally crossed his arms and he put Jesus in the position that we should have been. And it's the wonderful grace of the Lord. And maybe they've never understood that. And right now in your home, wherever you might be watching this, maybe it's in your car. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, I encourage you to take that step right now. Because he, he sacrificed so much. It would be such a waste not to take the sacrifice and allow God's righteousness to come into your life. And it's so easy. The Word of God says all we have to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Today I want you to say a prayer with me if you want to take that step of faith. It's a simple prayer. And as you say that prayer, believe. Believe that it is true. Put your heart into it and have faith and watch what God will do. When you say this prayer, guess what? You are adopted into the family of God. Just like Jacob adopted his grandsons and he raised them in elevation as to be his own sons, to be the blessing, you can receive that blessing right now. You can be adopted into God's family. Say this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, by faith, I receive this great gift of righteousness. Forgive me of my sins. I choose to turn away from what is wrong, and I choose to follow you. Help me with the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast. Because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.